Welcome to the Delano Newsmakers podcast, bringing context to the stories that matter in Luxembourg. I can remember uh, my manager, Michel Schutz. He said early in 2020 uh, that he would build a mask machine in his garage. And weeks after weeks, he was saying, I did the math. And it's a good business. And I'm sure that Luxembourg needs this mask. I'm sure. And we looked deeper at, uh, at the numbers on the technology, the regulations, the people needed. And definitely, yes, it was useful, it was helpful, and it was a good business. So on April 1st, he proposed to build a mass machine to the board of directors. First, given the date, uh, they thought it was a joke, but it, it was not. And uh, finally, they accepted it. So we started to work to find a mask machine, to find raw materials, and to make our own surgical masks. This is Roman Labe, supply chain manager at Sante Services, which, since 2019, has become something of an incubator for finding solutions to problems as they arise at the Robert Schumann Hospitals Group in Luxembourg. At the start of the pandemic, surgical masks and other personal protective equipment, or PPE, were hard to source. Roman, what do you remember of this time and, and how bad did things get in terms of PPE supplies? So during the, the, the crisis, the market was a nightmare with total demand increased by 20 times the normal. All our non-suppliers ceased to exist. Price increased by 1000% and no more agreed payments or inco terms. Transportation failed. We could find PPE, but no flights or boat to bring your PPE to the hospital. Act of piracy everywhere up to the tarmac of the airport where your PPE could be stolen by another customer because he was paying more. And worst thing, the market was inundated by poor quality materials. So in addition of the national safety stock managed by the health ministry, we thought out of the box. We communicated a lot of, uh, on social networks to find new PPE suppliers. It worked well. Maybe too, too well. We received hundreds and hundreds of PPE proposals every day, but we were unable to analyze them because we were not enough people and we were not experts on PPE. Which standards, which consumption, which certifications, is it a scam or not? We had to, uh, to learn everything. We had the unique chance to have the support of local Amazon logistics experts as volunteers. They helped us to sort all the PPE proposals and to uh, make the purchase. And we worked also with volunteers from Supply Chain University here in Luxembourg. Uh, the directors, the students, they help us to work on the current consumption, the future consumption, depending on the potential first, second, third wave of COVID-19. And we all together did a good job. We found good quality PPE. We never have, have been out of stock and our caregivers could work uh, really safely. So up until that point, what had Sante Services been doing? For the group. So until that point, Santé Service was working for hospitality. It's still the main activity for Santé Service, managing the hospitality. For example, uh, it includes all the restorations, the uh, meals for employees and patients. Uh, so Santé Service is managing this hospitality for all four sites uh, of Hopito Robert Schumann. We are also proposing to manage hospitality for medical events uh, and to help Hopito Robert Schumann on lean management and supply chain management project. That's what we were doing before the crisis. 
Tell me then, how did you reach the decision to make your own PPE? I can remember uh, my manager, Michel Schutz. He said early in 2020 uh, that he would build a mask machine in his garage. And weeks after weeks, he was saying, I did the math. And it's a good business. And I'm sure that Luxembourg needs this mask. I'm sure. And we looked deeper at, uh, at the numbers on the technology, the regulations, the people needed. And definitely, yes, it was useful, it was helpful, and it was a good business. So on April 1st, he proposed to build a mass machine to the board of directors. Given the date, uh, they thought it was a joke, but it, it was not. And uh, finally, they accepted it. So we started to work to find a mask machine, to find raw materials, and to make our own surgical masks. So today these masks are sold on the Luxembourg market. How many of these masks are you able to produce? And if this turns a profit, what is that money invested in? Today we, we are selling this mask on the Luxembourg market, but also on the French, Belgium, German market. And we, we just sent few samples in the Netherlands. Until end of 2020, we could produce up to 50,000 masks a day. Working three shifts a day, meaning 24 hours, and five to six days a week. Since this year, we have received and built two new machines, so we can produce a lot more. And we have stopped to work night shifts and weekend. It's, it's better for our people working there, and uh, we will make better profit, because profit is important for us. As Santé Service is uh, the sister company of Hopito Robert Schumann, Santé Service is owned at 100% by the Fondation Hopito Robert Schumann. We are not here to make profit for our shareholders. Here, profits are used to improve the quality of our hospital. We can invest this profit with a major objective, to improve the patient face time. Patient face time is the quality that a patient will spend with a caregiver. So to improve this indicator, we have to improve the way we work here by reducing the time spent by nursing when they manage stock, when uh, they uh, manage uh, everything uh, that is not caregiver's uh, work. So we will um, invest to uh, improve the stock, bringing new technologies into the hospital uh, for uh, the logistics, for the medicine, for the traceability, for everything where we can do it. We already invested to renew and automatize the dispensation of medication with stock managed by robots. And uh, we are working to continuously save the vitals of the patients to create a better traceability of medical devices. So we have a lot of projects where we want to, to invest. And how profitable is mask production? We uh, almost uh, reimburse uh, everything, the machines, uh, the construction, the building, thanks to the ministry that helped us because uh, we, uh, we had some fund by, uh, by ministry. But it's, it's profitable and uh, what we can understand is with Luxembourgish people, Luxembourgish location, European raw materials, we can have a profitable market with price a little higher than Chinese uh, masks. And there is a demand for masks made in Europe, I believe. Yes. When uh, we started to, um, to reach the newspapers, the social networks saying that we have made in Europe a Luxembourgish mask, yes, we had a lot of demand. And uh, even if we are not the cheapest because it's uh, Luxembourgish and European raw material, so it's more expensive than uh, Asian materials. But even if uh, the price is uh, a little higher, people prefer to take a quality over a price. 
Now, if I understand correctly, these masks don't meet all of the key PPE demands of the hospital. Why is that? It's it's because there are different types of surgical masks. The surgical masks, they protect the wearer to the outside. And there is type 1, it filters uh, at minimum 95%. Type 2, it filters at minimum 98%. And type 1 and type 2 can be with an air. So this air um, means that it filters all the drops. Today, in the administrative part of the hospital, we can use a type 2 mask, meaning filtration at 98% and not all the drops. But in surgery and COVID parts, we need to use type 2R, masks that can filter the drops. So because our masks are currently type 2, we could provide a part of the hospital, but we don't want to take the risk to mix and have the wrong mask in the wrong part of the hospital. So we are working to uh, reach this type 2R certification. We are working on the last test uh, because all of the previous tests are okay. So we need only one test. And so we uh, can provide the type 2R for our hospital and all other hospitals uh, in need. And uh, also we are finalizing the certification of FFP2 masks that are used with patients with COVID. Uh, and uh, this mask uh, protects the wearer and the outside. And uh, we, uh, we think that during the first quarter of 2021, uh, we will distribute type 2R and uh, FFP2 uh, masks to uh, hospitals. So you've also teamed up with a number of actors to develop some other smart solutions to the problems facing the, the Robert Schumann Hospital Group. And one of my favourite is this self-disinfecting mask. Can you tell me more? This, this project is, uh, is pretty recent. Uh, we worked with a Luxembourgish startup, Molecular Plasma Group, uh, that has developed a unique technology that allows masks to disinfect themselves. MPG for Molecular Plasma Group, MPG uses uh, plasma technology to process the material with uh, face masks uh, are produced. So, more precisely, the, uh, there is citric acid with a thickness uh, less than one thousandth of a human hair. So it's really, really, uh, uh, really, really uh, small. This acid citric is applied to the outer layer. Uh, the result is that masks can disinfect themselves. And uh, I will quote, uh, quote uh, the CEO of uh, MPG by saying, your mask will actually, actually deactivate the virus. A large quantity in a very short time, 99% of the virus. It's important that the virus does not pass through the mask and infect you. Something more likely when touching the mask with your fingers, when putting it on or taking it off. If you pick up the mask with your finger, find us to pull it straight. It's really important. And because uh, we produce uh, masks made in Luxembourg, and MPG is a Luxembourgish uh, company with this technology, it was normal to work uh, together with, with them. Today, all the tests are done and they are good. So we are finalizing the registration as medical device and soon uh, we can bring uh, this mask uh, into the market. That's incredible to think that lemon juice effectively is being used in this incredibly uh, precise way to, to, to self-disinfect these masks. Now let's talk about a topic that people might not immediately associate with hospitals, and that's blockchain. For those not familiar with the term, blockchain is a type of database that stores data in chronological blocks that are chained together. Normally we hear about it in relation to cryptocurrencies. So Roman, how will you use this technology in the hospital group? Blockchain is one of my biggest interests for the future. I really believe uh, into this uh, technology. For a lot of people and me, blockchain is today uh, what internet was in the beginning of the 19th. A new technology only known by experts that will explode soon. 
Today, we speak a lot about cryptocurrencies because it's a visible part of the iceberg. It's where you can make money. But blockchain has already been developed in a lot of different businesses. Uh, it's a new technology that stores and shares information with a 100% safety, as this information is owned by all actors managing the, the flow. Banking, insurance, supply chain, traceability, all these flows needing accurate and safe data. And they will all use the blockchain in the future. And that's how I thought about using blockchain for Hopito Robert Schumann. One of our biggest difficulties during the COVID crisis was to ensure that our products are a good quality. But how to ensure that? Today, uh, what I will receive is an electronic file, a PDF file, uh, by email saying, yes, the product that you will receive is a good quality. And even if I'm not sure that this file is uh, correct, uh, I'm not even sure that the PPE that I will receive will be linked to this certification because one flow is email flow, one flow is physical flow. How can I be sure it's linked? So as a fan of blockchain, uh, I know that this kind of traceability uh, is really important uh, in every kind of industry, uh, in the medical, of course, but uh, also in automotive and uh, food. And I found example of uh, blockchain traceability in the food and automotive industry. So I was just thinking, why couldn't we reapply it to medical devices? From raw material suppliers to end users, uh, we can trace the supply chain so anyone can access and ensure the good quality of the product. So with uh, our partner, uh, Gravity Partners in Luxembourg, we, uh, we are developing a blockchain solution uh, that is already accepted uh, in the Luxembourg uh, Blockchain Lab of the Loft uh, Foundation. And we will be able to register our surgical mask uh, and our FFP2 mask, because they are coming, uh, into that uh, blockchain. And everything uh, will be traceable the raw material, the production date, uh, the CA certification, uh, the notified body uh, that gives the CA certification for the FFP2 mask, for example, because it's a specific uh, certification for FFP2 mask, the tests uh, that have been done, and uh, even, uh, even if the distributors, if we go through uh, distributors. All the actors and all needed information uh, that prove that it's a good quality product can be registered and accessible through this blockchain. And uh, so the first end-to-end -end use uh, of our e-certificate blockchain will be from Santé Service as a producer to Hopi to Robert Schumann as a customer. And then we definitely want to develop and propose a solution all around Europe. And in addition, a new European law is coming in May 2021 and it will be totally compatible. So it's, uh, it's really uh, a, good, uh, a good fit. We really believe that in the future, we will uh, check all our products through the uh, blockchain to ensure that it's not counterfeit and good quality. And uh, we hope that it will be our blockchain, but for sure, uh, blockchain will be uh, the future of, uh, of uh, traceability. To what extent has traceability been an issue? Um, I believe that when you first ordered some masks, there were, there were issues of um, reliability and, and traceability. Can you tell, tell us some more? Um, because, uh, for, for, for example, when we um, asked for the documentation of the masks that we wanted to order during the crisis, we received uh, some um, certification and 
we had to ask to the notified body that gives us the certification if it's the right one. Majority of the time, it was not. It was just a fake PDF file. So we had to ask for documentation. When you have the documentation, you ask to a certification body if it's uh, their file. And no, it's not their file. So, okay, we, you start uh, from the beginning again. And if they said, yes, this certification is my certification, how can you be sure that the product that you will receive is, uh, is linked with this certification? Now, your job title is actually supply chain manager, but you sound more like an innovation manager with uh, this approach to solving problems. What other technology are you working on and how soon will it be rolled out in the hospitals? I currently have two other main projects that I'm working on. The first one is the voice-based screening for COVID. The objective is to test people through the voice for COVID. It sounds unreal, I can understand, but it's real. There is a lot of uh, studies uh, about it. And uh, I can assure it works because we are pilot testing it uh, right now. The, the objective is to give a first appreciation uh, to be COVID positive or not. Of course, if uh, you think uh, by this uh, software that you can be COVID positive, you will do a PCR to be sure. But uh, we can have a first appreciation, a first sort. So it's really important. And the objective is that all people entering the hospital could be tested every day as it takes less than a minute. The second project has been discovered thanks to the COVID. But for me, it's the future of the medicine. Today, the caregivers are taking vitals of the patients often during the day. Uh, at the end of the day, they spent hours, a long time, taking the vitals without a quality FaceTime with the patient because it's just, I take this, I take this, I take this, bye. And furthermore, they, they take only three to four vitals within a day because, you know, you have a lot of patients to manage. So it, it takes a long time and you can only have three or four points of data. We will really soon uh, test wearables that are able to continuously save all the vitals of the patient. You, you know these wearables as uh, the smartwatches. Mm -hmm. It's the same kind of uh, material. But uh, in addition of all the vitals that you can, you, you can have with the smartwatches, these wearables are able to save your oxygen saturation level, arterial pressure, the temperature, uh, sleep, and a lot of other uh, vitals. And you and your doctor could have in real time all your vitals. And that's a basic fact. The more data you have, the more accurate will be the diagnostic. And if you look further with all this data, you, you could anticipate and avoid a heart attack, for example, because you can see, uh, you can see it coming. Uh, you can uh, avoid a vascular attack, uh, burn out, uh, a lot of things. So f for me, it could totally change the way to practice medicine. It could really improve uh, our lives. Roman Labbe, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. You can listen to all our podcasts on Delano.lu and on all podcast platforms. And subscribe to the Delano newsletter for all the latest Luxembourg news in English. Sign up on Delano.lu.